0: Welcome to A Magical World with me, Sterling Moon. I'm a diviner, a medium, a folk magician, an author, and an educator on the mystical and strange with a background in advocacy and activism. Join me as I highlight inspiring people who are making this world a more magical place to be. I'm so glad you're here. And if you like what you hear, please consider supporting the podcast through my Patreon, The Curiosity Coven. You can find out more at patreon.com backslash Sterling Moon. Now let's dive in. Hello, everyone. I am recording this for you on October 12th of 2023. And holy moly, it has been a hard week in the world, hasn't it? A lot of things going on that are just heartbreaking, heartbreaking, heartbreaking. And yet there's also a lot to be grateful for. And so I personally have found myself kind of walking in those two those two ways of both just being dumbstruck by some of the things that are happening in the world right now and also being oh so grateful for the people in my life that I love, the things that I get to do every day, the stability that I'm grateful to have. And and yeah, just that duality has been something that has been coming up as a theme all month. I did a tarot reading for my uh, curiosity Coven, Coven Cuties tier at the beginning of the month. And the theme was, you know, just focus on yourself, mind your business, go internal work your own magic. And boy, it's been interesting because I've definitely been feeling the pull to go as internal as I can. While also October is an unbelievably busy month for a professional spiritual worker. So shout out to my other pros, pro spiritual workers out there. I know we work hard. I hope you're taking care of yourself. And for those of you who are maybe the, the, the students and the seekers and those of you who are getting in the spirit and having a good time exploring all this stuff, I sure hope you're having fun. And also, make sure you're like taking time to take that information that you're getting and go inward cuz that's really where the magic is at. That's something that's a big theme with this conversation that I'm so excited to share with you today. I have as my guest uh my very first magical teacher. Her name is Danielle Renee Batagion and we talk a lot. We talk about all the things. This is a much longer conversation than we normally have, but it's a good ride. And she, if you are interested in studying with her by the end of this conversation, she has some really great things coming up. They're all linked in the show notes. And yeah, but a big theme of this whole conversation is loving de- devotion to our practice. You know, you can read all the books all the best books out there. You can take classes and workshops with all the most notable teachers. And the reality is it's not going to matter unless you get out of the armchair and you start doing the work and seeing how all of this stuff works for you. So that's my, I'll I'll stop before I start getting on a little bit of a soapbox because y'all know I can give a TED talk in these little intros. So I have, even though I'm kind of wanting to just like cozy up and say, enjoy the conversation. I also have a lot of things coming up that I would like to be able to share. So I am wrapping up my teaching for the year. My very last class that I think I will be teaching for 2023 will happen on November 4th. So if you are interested in studying with me, here are some of the things that are coming up. I am going to be in California on Saturday, October 14th at my friend Leanne, Leanne Romano, her shop Psychic Medium Witch, which is in Walnut Creek, California. I will be there teaching a class called Get in the Spirit and Exploration of Seances. It is in person. Again, Walnut Creek, California. The shop is Psychic Medium Witch, and we are will be going from 6 to 7. 30 p.m. Link to register is in the notes. I am so excited to to go and see my friend Leanne's shop for the very first time. She opened that around the same time that I went full-time with this business. And she and I have just been kind of on these parallel tracks of like cheerleading each other and supporting each other as our businesses have grown. So I'm so excited to teach in person there. I have a, a Zoom class, a virtual class coming up on Wednesday, October 25th, called Paranormal Investigation, the Mediumship Method. I have invested in my own knowledge around learning more about paranormal investigation strategies, and I was surprised to find out that I am actually was doing a pretty good job. I've been exploring haunted places since I was very, very young very probably maybe a little bit younger than I should have been wandering around some of the places that I was. But I also kind of come at paranormal investigation with a little bit of a slant because I'm I'm a medium and I think that there's ways that you can blend and braid these two philosophies and strategies together in a way that is incredibly impactful. So I'm very excited to teach this class. I've never I've never taught anything quite like it before. So that will be through Ritual Ritual Craft School. It will be a virtual class through Zoom. It will not be recorded, only offered live and again that's going to be on Wednesday, October 25th from 6:30 to 8:30 p.m. US mountain time another class that i will be offering my my last class that i will be offering for 2023 also through ritual craft school will be my annual in person tarot 101 6 hour drink from the fire hose workshop this is a class that is perfect for brand new readers who are going to show up with their tarot decks in still wrapped in cellophane, um, all the way up to intermediate uh, readers who are maybe still struggling with some of the card memorization and kind of want to get back to the basics. We cover the entire 78 cards of the tarot, upright cards and reversed. I do read with reversals. Uh, we cover all of it. We cover some basics of reading and just divination basics. And we start at noon. Um, we go till 6 p.m. We have a few breaks, but they're short. By the end of it, you will even if you've never like again, you show up with your tarot, dextel, and cellophane, you will be reading for somebody in class by the end. Everybody walks out with a copy of my tarot 101 zine, which I wrote the, the first edition of that came out in I think 2017 or 2018. And I just revised it last year. And so everybody's gonna get a copy of this. It's like a perfect little pocket guide to the tarot that I'm pretty darn proud of. I've seen a lot of people get a hell of a jumpstart by taking this class. It's been evolving since 2013. I love teaching it, but I only offer it once per year. It is in person at Ritual Craft, and I believe there are 15 spots left. Again, link to register is in the show notes. It is on Saturday, November 4th from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m., And lastly, if you have been wanting to sit with me and maybe want to kind of enjoy something a little seasonal, I have a few things coming up at the very end of October. One is I'm offering a handful of, I'm calling them season of Samhain. Samhain is kind of also the word that we call, uh, it's it's Halloween. So it's kind of that wheel of the year, the Sabbat. Um, so that's it, it looks like it's spelled Samhain, but it's pronounced Samhain. So season of Samhain readings, they are remote, fully remote, no appointment. You just order a reading, give me some basic information, and I use that to... Reach out to your spiritual team, particularly any ancestors, loved ones, or guides that are beyond the proverbial veil to see if they have any messages for you. And then you'll also get a guided uh, meditation, a visual visualization based meditation for connecting with your ancestors your loved ones beyond the veil and your own spiritual team. There's only a handful of those left. You can go on my website or again, go to the show notes. I'll have everything linked. And then the very last thing that I'm offering for October is there is one uh, in-person seance available for up to three besties or you know, friends or family that will be at my private office. I'm offering this on October 27th, which is a Friday from 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Um, my office, if you've ever come to sit with me for uh, reading, you know, my office is kind of small, but I did this last year where I had one or two. Um, I offered a couple of seances for very small groups and full candles, full, you know, hands held old school seance. And so if you would like to have a very special spooky experience or really not spooky, just like a really fun spiritual experience that is just for you and up to three of your friends or family members, again, go to the show notes. You can read about it. There's only one available. And again, that is on October 27th from six to six to seven 30. All right. That is all the, the stuff that I've got going on. So let's get to the interview with my former teacher and dear friend, Danielle Batagion. Well, hello, Danielle. I'm so excited What's to tra- be sitting here with you. So me. every single one of these episodes start with me kind of like love bombing a little bit, the person that I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking with and I just, there's so many places. I don't even know really where to start with you because I feel like I sing your praises so frequently. Like, so if your like ears burn a lot, like (laughs) it's probably because I'm, I'm sharing some things that I really appreciate about you, especially these days as I have students of my own and I'm kind of telling them, go here are other people to go learn with. So for folks who are listening, if you've heard any of my spooky stories, particularly the ones where I have I there's one story that I've told. I think I shared it in the last episode where I ended up at a park called Cheeseman Park. and I was being very disrespectful as a brand new baby medium trying to figure out like what it was that I was doing. And I came home and realized that I brought someone pretty a nasty spirit with me that was not great with me, was starting to bother my child. And the person that I ended up reaching out to was, This lovely person right here with me. And she was the first person to tell me, you were the first person to tell me, like, these are gifts and you need to treat them with more reverence after you, like, got me out of trouble. And I was really, really grateful. So, you know, my experience with you is that you were my very first magical teacher. I had the privilege of being one of your students in Lapis Moon Mystery School, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, Danielle helped me as, you know, when I went to her for for assistance, she's done some energy work for me. You... you took me through my very first like past life um, experience or meditation or something like that. I don't even really know what uh, it it was so long ago, but I just appreciate you so much. And it's been a long time since we've talked. So why don't you introduce yourself to everyone who doesn't have the privilege of knowing you? Okay. Um, Hi, Uh,
1: I am Danielle. I run a Mysteries School, Lapis Moon Mysteries School. Um, I run a business which is Ripple and Knot. I have been working in the field of witchery for ever. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But very specifically in this capacity for about a decade um, where it has been the the sole focus of my professional work. Um, And I love it. I love being here. I love, love, love working with baby witches and and getting people on track and supporting women in remembering that they're powerful. Um, I am not about this sense of like you have to outsource it you have to find it you have to seek it I'm about you have to remember who you are and what you're capable of and that we all have kind of what you were saying earlier about like remember that this is this is an ability we all have abilities that manifest in different ways and my sort of Stick. The thing that I really love to do is supporting people in figuring out what their abilities are and how to hone them into skills where they feel competent and confident in, in utilizing those skills. Um, and that's that's what I do in as many different ways as I possibly can to get more self-empowered, um, self-aware intentional women out there in the world right now.
0: Mm, I love it. And one of the things that I frequently tell people about you, so I kind of am, when I first started building my little baby business, which, you know, for me, I, I started reading professionally and teaching in 2013. I started reading tarot in the 90s, but I... I remember when I got a gig as a house reader at Ritual Craft, which is where I rent my office now, they I was told, you know with hey,' you're, it's gonna be really helpful if you have an Instagram page to be able to like for us to be able to promote you and to be able to um, for you to build your own client base. And so that's really where I got started. And I love that you have been a witch on the internet way before that was a thing. And I love that you have like done that through Facebook. I don't know. I just, how did you figure out how to be a witch on the internet when there was no freaking template for that?
1: Uh, uh, um, Can I swear on here? Yes, you can uh,
0: swear. <laughs> it happens all the time, usually by me. <laughs> um,
1: you know, it was really interesting because I think I came to the Instagram party a little bit late because I'm not super technology savvy. That's not my jam.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. I'm like almost crotchety in my resistance to it. I'm like, you can't <laughs> act like it's never gonna happen. It's and it's never, it's never gonna happen. Um, so Facebook was my outlet and I I had my professional Facebook page, um, which nobody went to. I mean, some people go to it. Like I I have I have a decent following, but the algorithms are so tricky.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so doing a lot of cross posting really early on. And I remember at one point this was 10 years ago where I made a post on my on my personal Facebook page and I was like, "Hey, do y'all mind that I post my work stuff so much on my personal page because I feel like it's the only way you guys see me?" And a lot of people minded, which really surprised me. And I sat with it for a couple of days, maybe a week or so. And then I was like, actually, I don't care. And I'm just going to post what I want to post. And if you don't like it, you can unfollow me. And I found that for whatever reason, energetically for me, I felt more authentic when I was making shares from my personal page than when I was making shares from my, from my business page, which I still do, but I really don't very much. Um, I feel like the majority of my business is found through shares and referrals and people who are like, Hey, I was in this jam. I was in this pickle. This thing came up. He helped me. And I feel like someone saying that is a thousand times more powerful than any marketing that I could come up with. And I have a background in art and like, I love graphic design and I love playing on Canva and I love making beautiful visuals for the courses and the classes and everything that I teach. But like, to be honest, that's for me, that's my artistic play. (laughs) Um, I just I share those as an afterthought. Um, it's actually kind of how I sculpt the work that I do is through the art and and how it sort of manifests itself. Yeah. Um just it was just storytelling and being really vulnerable and recognizing where my community needed me. Um I'm super, super service oriented and community oriented. Um and the The professional business logistical mm-hmm. like that is not first nature for me that definitely comes second my first thing is just how can i be a loving spiritual occult presence in people's world so that they can get a different view of that because i feel like there is just so much nonsense out there
0: that there- There is. And yeah, your, your vulnerability and I love your storytelling. And I just, every time I see you, the way that you, you promote your, you, it's not even promoting, it's just sharing what you're doing in a storytelling. Here's how this, this can be helpful kind of way. It's so authentic. It's so you, I don't see anyone doing it. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about when, you know, you're like, you know, you're walking in the right path is that you're, you're able to be authentically you. No one, no one can recreate that but i'm kind of curious and you know you can share as little or as much as you want how did you get to like the type of witch that you are, the type of like conjurer and magic worker and teacher that you are, because it seems like it's just been such a journey and you you can do so many things. And we are going to be talking about, I I asked Danielle if, uh, we I was like, can we talk about your weather witchery? I don't know if that's what you call it. And also you like calling in babies because I mean, you've got some very like specific skill sets that are just so fucking cool. But how did you, yeah, just tell us about okay. your path.
1: So, so first I have a question for you. What yes. Hi.
0: What kind of, what are you?
1: What type of witch am I? You said that. And and I was like, before I answer that, I should know what type of witch I am before
0: I, I delve into that. That's- I don't even know. I mean, I think that one of the ways that I perceive you is, you know, you, you do seem to have that, that connection with like the wheel of the year and very much like there's that nature-based based my experience of, I mean, granted, this was a long time ago and maybe your teaching style has changed. My experience was that, you know, there was a lot of like goddess-based um, you know, work that we are work that we did, deity-based work, which was so helpful, continues to be helpful to me. And at the same time, you also have some of that, like, you know, classic, like, conjure type, like, like spell working stuff that you, that you weave in. But you also, I've seen you, I mean, I've benefited from your energy work, the past life work that you do. I know that you're a medium. You've, and there's, you are able to do a lot of different things. And there's some folks that, you know, I mean, some of us get a little bit more specialized. And so I'm just always so curious, like, where did you start? How did it start braiding together? That's probably like a two-hour episode all on its own. It's,
1: uh, <laughs> um. Once upon a time, there was a little girl born in a forest. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is, I mean, it's kind of like as silly as it sounds, yeah. like that's when it started. I mean, I was, I, I was born in a hospital. I wasn't born in a forest, but um. One of like the first days that I was, I was home, my father, I did live in a forest. I lived in a eucalyptus forest and my father like took me outside in this massive storm that was happening. And if you've ever been around eucalyptus trees, when there's a storm, they fall. Like there's nothing safe about being in a eucalyptus forest when there's a storm.
0: Where are the and, eucalyptus uh, forests? I'm from so I'm like from the west, so I'm like where where is this magical place it, that I don't want to be in a storm, but
1: it wasn't I mean it wasn't it was more of like a grove, but um in California, so mm. I grew up in the bay area just south of San Francisco on the peninsula and there's a lot of eucalyptus trees that are there. They they were planted all along El Camino Real, which is this long street that grows and then there's this area closer up to highway two, two eighty, which is where I lived. And, um, we lived in like unincorporated land. We didn't officially live in a town and there was this like maybe 10 acre, uh, forest behind us, behind our home. And I always thought it was just part of our, part of our home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my dad took me out that out there in this, huge storm didn't tell my mother my mother was not appreciative of her newborn infant in pouring rain crazy wind (laughs) trees falling everywhere and my mother was like what were you thinking And he's like I don't know it just seemed like she would like the wind (laughs) and so it's my father's fault I'm fairly certain that I'm a wind witch and that I have that that there um but I just, I grew up 100% thinking it was normal to talk to animals and have them talk back to me and understand totally. them. Um, I thought it was completely normal to understand that that trees were alive and had spirit and had thought. Um, every waking moment that I could be outside, I was outside and I was up in a tree and I was racing the wind and I was I was just utterly feral as a child much to my mother's chagrin and much to my father's delight mm-hmm. and that kind of started everything um i started reading tarot when i was like 14 years old um that was probably the first um intentional witchy thing that i did even though i didn't i didn't register as witchy um my parents were Christian, very different denominations, but uh, that was the household I was raised in. Mm -hmm. And so I always looked at things through that lens and it never dawned on me that the things I was doing were not necessarily sanctioned by the church. Um, (laughs) But I was seeing, you know, I was seeing my dad relatives all the time and they were talking to me and I would tell my parents, you know, like, don't worry about Nana. She's fine. Um, I had an amazing relationship I don't ever remember not having an amazing relationship with Yeshua, with, with Jesus. Yeah. Um He used to in my bedroom and talk to me. And I thought that that was how all Christians related to Yeshua. Um, and then I started going to church and started learning that my experiences were different and to, to kind of quiet down. Um, I had a couple challenging experiences in high school with being a tarot reader and butting heads with the Christian club at our school and a little satanic
0: panic moment.
1: There was a major satanic panic moment. Um, We had a we had all these different clubs and there was one that was the Christian club that would meet during lunchtime, which was how it sort of eschewed being, you know, a public school and skirting Uh. it. It was like, it's school. And again, I identified as Christian. And so when they invited me Mm. to a meeting, I went joyously. Um, And there were about 70 people crammed in this classroom for this meeting and a minister walked in and the entire thing was about how reading Tarot is satanic and devil work and doing that would go to hell associating with people as I'm getting pointed at would cause you to go to hell. And Mm you know these 70 plus kids plus whomever they told majority of them 90% of them never spoke to me again mm-hmm. um and so it really it shifted things for me it was it was like the first time i wasn't viewing things through rose tinted glasses i stopped yeah. sharing people, i stopped bringing my cards i stopped reading for other people i never stopped mm-hmm. studying um but i really pulled back on that and then i really um, took that time to reevaluate what my beliefs were, and I was already struggling at church. I was constantly butting heads. I was asking too many questions. I was asking the wrong questions. I was wondering why they preached certain things and practiced other things, and um, and it was in that time that I decided that that I was I was done with the church. Um, I wasn't done with my relationship with Yeshua, um, so I guess in some ways I'm that I'm that weird witch that's like Jesus and I are great and no. I'm not, crazy, and you know that whole thing.
0: I will say I'm um, happy that there's like I I always love seeing the folks who are able to find healing from those spiritual wounds though, through kind of folk magic traditions, because there is that ability to have those connections and to work with saints, work with the angels. And, and uh, so I think that's, I think that's lovely. And I'm yeah, sorry I, that you went through that.
1: Oh, well, I mean, it certainly didn't kill me. It's true
0: uh, you know, <laughs> it's it's, your story. Um,
1: yeah, uh, I I'm sorry that I went through that too. And, um, it's one of the few times I'm not one to say what doesn't kill you makes you stronger because I think that that's really not the case the majority of the mm-hmm. time, but I do think that this made me a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no, there's no charge around it anymore. It's just like, man, that was really unfortunate that that happened, mm-hmm. but I learned so much so as soon as I was out of high school, I was taking world religion classes and cultural anthropology classes and just trying to learn as much as I could about the way people related to nature and to the world at large. And it was in those moments where I was like, oh, that's what I've always been doing.
0: Yeah.
1: And this a thousand different names, but it's happening in on every continent that has people on it in its own way, based on really the ecosystem that they're founded. Um, and it was, you know, read every goddess book I could, read every indigenous practices book I could, absorb, 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 absorb. Um, in my twenties, it was absorbing Buddhism and Kashmir Shaivism and Hinduism and, um Tibetan and Nepalese and Bhutanese mysticism and and doing that kind of work and getting that Eastern influence there. Um, I lived in an ashram for three and a half years and you know, was up at five o'clock in the morning every morning meditating and offering prayers and um and giving myself a really strong foundation at a fairly young age. I was 22, 23, 24 when I, um, and so when I got out of that, it was like, I already had the tarot. I already had a lot of the neo-paganism. And now I had this Eastern discipline that and devotion that i had found personally lacking in the neo-pagan communities that Mm -hmm. i had danced with a little bit Um, i never really committed to any of them because i i felt for me this is this is my virgo sun shining Uh through love it there was structure
0: yes you know it
1: was like this is wild this is crazy um this is sometimes a little bit unhinged. Like where is the where's the structure? Where's the checks and balances? Where's the accountability? And I'm I just talking. wasn't seeing it. Um, and I've always been able to teach. That's been a thing, luckily. And so from a a young age from my from my 20s, I started just teaching where I could
0: mm-hmm. in the
1: ways that I could. And a lot of times it was someone saying, hey, I know you do this thing. And it obviously makes a difference. Will you show me how to meditate? Will you show me how to make a vision board? Will you show me how to light a candle and offer a prayer? And it was just really like baby stuff. Um, And then that led into Reiki. And my Reiki teacher, um, my Reiki master teacher was a witch, which was delightful to have, have that energy. And... Pretty early on in, in teaching me, she was like, one, this is just a formality. You, when you touch things, you heal them. Um, And I don't want to teach you in a way that causes you to become regimental and actually weaken your skill. I want you to just have a little bit of structure and maybe a certificate that says you can do the thing Mm -hmm. and, and have you run. And right around the time that I um, was certified to be a master teacher in Reiki, she moved, she, um, we were in California and she moved to, I think it was Arizona. And she gifted me her students. She was like, they're yours now. And all of a sudden I had half a dozen students um, that were all pretty much my age. So it was this like interesting dynamic. Yeah, And that I was sort of thrown in the deep end and she was just like, teach them like, this is your thing. This is what you're meant to do. And they need a teacher and that's you figure it out. Um, and so that was when I really started teaching and then I moved up here, had my son and realized that there was no mundane muggle job that would meet all of my needs (laughs) to parent in the ways that I wanted to with my child. And so that I, I was going to have to, I was going to have to do this work full court press, whether I felt like I was ready to or not. Um, And that's what I did. So that's kind of, does that answer
0: your question a little bit? That so um, answers my question. Well, and you know, one of the things that I definitely appreciated about you as a student was you were such a good, especially as like my first magical teacher, was you really did demonstrate and expect that if you want this shit to work, you have to work and you have to be disciplined and you do have to, you know, we all kind of, I mean, or at least for me, and I see this with other women, we're human. Sometimes you hit it harder. Sometimes it, you know, there's, there's ebbs and flows, there's peaks and peaks and valleys, but at the same time, you, you can't just sit in the armchair. You can't just sit with the books. You've got to do the work. And I'm really glad that I had, I'm glad I had that from you from the very from the get-go, because I feel like that gave me a good foundation for everywhere that I've gone since. And yeah, you got it. You want it to work. You got to work.
1: You do, and I think that um, right now, the caliber of students that I am attracting um, are so ready and eager to work really hard. Um, I feel like, you know, a handful of years ago, like the class that I worked with, with that you were in, and, and you did the work, like you showed up. Um, I had a lot of students that didn't, and it just used to drive me batty because yeah. they're you know, there would be the complaint of like, you know, and it's like, well, you're not doing the work. And I don't know how to explain to you any more bluntly, directly up front that, that this isn't me being a hard ass. This is necessary. And (laughs) I'm never going to ask you to do I haven't done. Mm -hmm. And And y'all complain about whatever the thing is, please remember for three and a half years, I was up between 4.30 a.m. and 5.00 a.m. meditating for at least two hours every single day. Mm -hmm. And the only time if I was literally in the ER, that was the only excuse. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: so I, I was trained at an impressionable age that there are no excuses And I try to be more gentle with my students than my teacher was. (laughs) That was that was harsh. Um, But to have that sort of sense of urgency—that one of the reasons that magic works is that there's a sense of urgency, but that the urgency isn't scattered by fear. That the urgency is honed with Mm -hmm. your intention. And if you don't have discipline. You don't have the ability to be focused when you're feeling urgency. So you have to have that, that base. And in order to have that base in moments of urgency, you have to practice in moments of relaxation and spaciousness. So the ones it. that get it, get it, And man, they take off. Look at you. You took off. Like it's, it's,
0: I'm so I- proud of you. Thank you. I had, you know, there's some things I didn't see coming, but yeah, but gotta love a magical <laughs> Virgo. That's all I'm gonna say though. I love <laughs> gotta love a magical Virgo. So can we talk about where things went from the so wind is your element, huh? Yeah. Yeah. When did you yeah. start realizing that you have you can can we talk just about just I mean I don't even know where to like start a- answering my or asking questions but I'm just like I know that you you work with weather in a way that I have not seen very many people talk about and I love that wind is your thing. I'm from very windy places where people you, the wind is sometimes a little that's a hard one to sometimes work with because it can be exceedingly challenging and fickle. So how do you work with the wind and what how just tell me the things. Tell us the things.
1: So I I want to preface this before we get into the how-tos, which I'm I'm happy to answer as best I can, whether we're talking about wind or singing and babies or or whatever yeah. the thing is. But I'm exceedingly clear cognizant. Which means I don't know how or why I do the things I do. I just know how to do them. Yes. Um and was a major point of contention with some of my teachers over the years especially the buddhist teacher i studied under because i would know secret teachings that i wasn't supposed to know because she hadn't initiated me yet
0: Mm. and we would get
1: into into these fights because i was 20 something so i fought like i argued with my teachers so such bad form um because I would be like, I want to teach the thing. I want to do the thing. And she's like, well, you don't have the initiation. And I was like, but I know it. And she was like, but that's not how it works. And so I was like, well, give me the initiation. And she's like, but you have to jump through the hoops. I was like, I don't want to jump through the hoops. I want to do the thing that I know how to do. And so there was, there was this thing. And then there were other teachers, like my Reiki teacher, who was just like, I don't know how you know how to do it. Go do your thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Asper, my dear. Um, and then another teacher that I had who is a Murshida, um, so Sufi tradition, mm. uh, also had a friend And she was just like, So she's like, You create all these roadblocks for yourself, Miss Virgo, that needs the certificate, needs the paper, needs the thing to do the thing because you're so worried someone is going to come after you. She's like, Bibbidi Bopti Boo, you've been initiated in everything. Go teach. Like, stop making excuses. So, How do I work with wind? I, I, I tell it what I want it to do and it listens.
0: So let's ask, let me me rephrase the question because (laughs) I feel like if anybody who wants to know how to work with wind, go take one of Danielle's classes, go see her out as a teacher. Let's maybe like reframe the question of what are some of the ways that are helpful to ask wind to, to like, what are some of the ways that you will like work with wind, ask wind to work with you on different things? Like, what are some of the ways that that, like the applications of that?
1: So, um, well, ways to ask, I feel like anytime you're working with elemental energy, because um, wind is obviously an extension of air, um, and I have a lot of air in my chart, in my in my natal chart, um, that you always approach beings, entities, deities, sentience, fill in the blank, right, yeah. with respect. Yes. That's the biggest thing that you come with respect and I teach my students without groveling. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't say to a really good friend, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Blah, 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 blah. Please, please, please. I'm at your feet. Da, 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 da. Will you help me move my couch? You would say, Hey, I really appreciate your strength. And I was wondering if you could help me move this. Yeah. It feels different, right? And if someone were to come to you and say, hey, I really appreciate your strength. Would you help me move this? Like you would be like, yeah, I'm strong and I am recognized and I'm appreciated and let me show you And lift this thing up and I'm going to do this thing, right? And so it's the same thing. Hey, wind, hey, fire, hey, water, hey, whatever. You are so amazing at this. I would like your support with this thing have yeah. and it shifts I think that that that's like this subtle shift that transforms the way that people interact with um the non-corporeal yeah and it oh. applies across the garden um so that's the way that I approach wind uh, or anything um the ways that I use wind, I use wind to carry messages Mm. um, to get things there faster. Um, It's very mercurial energy. Yeah. Um, Anything that you would want to work with mercury or Hermes for, you can work with the wind for, Um, I work with wind to cool things down, um, to create movement, to create shifts, um in sort of like the metaphorical senses right um in the literal senses um I have used wind to divert paths of storms or paths of fire um because it's it's a movement element it's a movement energy and so you know if there's if there's wildfires somewhere that are raging Um, instead of focusing on fire or instead of focusing on water, I work with air and I, I corral it or I move it or I redirect it. Um, Or if the winds are too strong and they're enraging the flames, it's like, Hey, can we settle down a little bit? Yeah. Um, And it's an extension of breath. And so again, going back to my Buddhist roots um pranayama breath work is is the embodiment of wind and air in your body and there's this concept in Tibetan Buddhism um referred to as wind horse which is Mm. is the like it's the prana in your body it's the energy in your body that's the force that compels you to move forward and accomplish things and do stuff and so it's like the more wind horse you have the more like energetically robust you are and sort of this visual of like like horses in the clouds and like wind like racing across a field or a plateau um is just so poignant to me and mm. and that's kind of energy that I I love working with with students of like how do we cultivate energy and I'm sure we worked with this with you and I in some class um, how do we expand our container? to hold more energy, to channel that energy and direct it into whatever it is that we're doing. And that's, that's wind work right there.
0: Oh my God. That's so cool. My brain's already thinking of all the different, like, all the different things that I want to try and think, yeah, you know, just sometimes <laughs> those little, like, and it is kind of funny. Cause as you're talking, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Oh Yeah. That's it's again, it's the things that you know, that you just, and do you sometimes find too that like a lot of the things that we we do within magic are things that we knew how to do so naturally when we're kids and it's just like part of that like remembering of this is how we do it and but we're told at a certain point that that's silly and like you know it's it's too too much flights of fancy and then we grow up and we start realizing that no there's actually a very good use for for the things that we were told to not do anymore.
1: Yeah, I was constantly grabbing um plants and and nuts and berries and things like that and and just like instinctually knew that if I could just figure out the right combination I could fix a, hi bunny my bunny just came to visit me um I could you know fix the thing heal the thing whatever the thing um and I never I never knew that that herbology existed I never knew about plant medicine like that was not in my family culture at all immediate family culture obviously like indigenous culture for sure um but I was constantly doing that like that was I was brewing potions in my sink always you know and and it's this thing of like that's always what I did as a kid and then yeah I kind of moved away from it because I was really weird yeah so weird. And I was tired of being weird. And I was tired of not getting along with kids my age and like making relationships and friendships with girls was just like impossible to me. Like I didn't understand it. I could make friendships with boys because I liked to play and I was competitive. Mm-hmm. So I could like them on that level. Like that made sense. But I didn't figure out how to have friendships with girls until until high school, kind of middle school, a little bit, um, and that was when I toned down my weird, and I masked as a muggle. Um, and so one of the you know one of the other things that I absolutely love about the work I do now is I get to meet amazing women and cultivate really beautiful, integral, healthy relationships with them, um, and and create community for for all of the other delightful weirdos out there that are are just trying to shine their thing yeah but yeah what we do as kids is is so magical and then we just get snuffed out in this culture
0: so we're going to take a little bit of a left a little bit of a left turn for a moment because I feel like I also you know obviously weird kid loved animals. You've got a little your little bunny coming up because one of the things that I also appreciate about you is how important animals are in your life and the way that you just naturally know how to talk to them. And one of the things that I asked Danielle if we could talk about was this horse that has come into her life named Ghost, who I think Ghost is becoming a bit of an internet celebrity. And it's been kind of a fun... Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's so I feel like it's been interesting kind of seeing that this is like it's I feel like it's part of your magic, but it's like adjacent to maybe your your professional like witchery and your teaching and things like that. But could you tell us a little bit about Ghost and your and your path of like meeting Ghost and what's so what's so magical about your relationship with this horse named Ghost?
1: Um. So what's magical about it is we have past lives together. He's been my horse many times. Um, he is, he is my boy and, and he refers to me as his lady and sometimes mama, but usually, usually lady. Um, I've always been a closeted horse girl. I didn't get to be around horses a lot when I was a kid, but man, if there was anything I wanted, like that would have been it. I didn't care about having a Barbie, but I cared about having Barbie's horse. (laughs) all the little ponies, you know, like all of that stuff. It it was, it was the horse. And so um, my son took an interest in horses and I decided that I wanted to get him in riding lessons and see if he would like that. And the stipulation was that if he was going to ride, he was going to clean up and he was going to take care of the horses that he was not going to show up and ride. And then just walk off. He was going to groom them. He was going to clean out stalls. I would absolutely help him because that's a huge ask from at the time a seven and a half, eight year old. Yeah. Um, and so we started volunteering and trade for lessons, um, at a, a local horse school, which has since closed, which is part of the story. Um, and I didn't start writing right away um because i was training for my black belt and i had to like i couldn't get i couldn't get thrown from a horse right before that <laughs> so there was this pause in time of of practicality but i started taking lessons and i learned how to ride on ghost and um and ghost was the most honry persnickety grumpy horse ever and um, an absolute dream to ride but anything that you had to do on the ground grooming him tacking him up turning him out bringing him in a stall anything like there was there was a threat (laughs) to your safety and well-being at all times he kicked people he sent multiple people to er's with broken ribs. He bites, he strikes. I mean, just everything that you don't want in a lesson horse ghost was
0: ghost brought to the party.
1: Ghost brought it. He, yeah, he brought it with panache. Um, but as soon as you were in the saddle, he was working and he was amazing and he was brilliant. He taught so many people how to ride. Um, I have, the skill of communicating with animals and hearing animals. And I learned through just talking to him, um, how poorly he was treated by a lot of people when, when people weren't looking. Yeah. Because he, he he struck and because he behaved this way, he got hit a lot and then he acted out more and it, and it was this thing. And, um, And the more we started to talk, the gentler he started being with me. He wasn't perfect um, because then it's like with a toddler, like you become the safe person. So they lash out at you because they know you're the thing. So there was there was some of that. Um, But we started getting along a lot better. And I started really respecting his boundaries, not grooming him when he didn't want to be groomed, um, not forcing him to trot or do circles or go over poles or whatever. And some of the instructors got really upset with me because Mm. I wasn't the boss, I wasn't in charge, I wasn't whatever it was. Um, So I finally found an instructor that worked there that, that respected my boundaries and my abilities. And she never tested me, but she would just sort of ask me questions like, well, what is this horse saying? What is that horse saying? And it was always like, well, I'll be damned, you're right how did you know that the horse told me and,
0: and so I asked, I asked and i listened to what they said it's really not that hard remember how we all knew how to do that when we were little and then we get we forget <laughs>
1: yeah and so she and i started to become really really good friends um and we started like covertly helping the horses at this barn and like getting them what they needed and figuring it out and the horses just got better and better and better and then Ghost got injured, he was out in a field and he was being a pain because that's what he does. And one of the other horses in his um, hind hind left leg um, at his, his point of hawk, which anatomically is like the equivalent of our ankle. But on a horse, it looks like it would be his knee. So it's like higher up on his leg and it just completely shattered it open. And, um, and the owner didn't know the extent of the damage had to take him to the vet, the vet couldn't touch him because he was going crazy. It was like all of this stuff that she was just like, if this, you know, if he doesn't calm down, I'm putting him down.
0: Mm.
1: And he is not going to be sound. I'm putting him down. And so, um, My friend, who's the instructor, let me know what was going on. I immediately raced there and was talking to Ghost and was like, I need you. I need you to calm down and I need you to let the vet look at you. Um, He was injured on a Tuesday and he was going back to the vet on Friday. We have to know what's going on with your leg. I said, and I promise you, I will fix it. Whatever it is, I will fix it. I can do that. But you need to not get yourself in trouble. And so he went back Friday and I had done... A ton of energy work on him and the, the vet was like it's impossible nothing's injured <laughs> like there's no tendon injury there's no ligament injury there's no bones that are shattered like it's just a really really nasty deep cut and the owner was like well is it going to be sound and she was like there's absolutely no way to know that until we're on the other side of it but probably yes so then owner changes her tune and she's like, "Well, I'm going to keep him." because he's going to be sound and and money and and all of that stuff. Um but then he was being difficult for her with the bandage changes and she didn't want to put up with him. Um and so my friend was like, "You need to slow down healing him so quickly or you're never going to get this horse." cuz I wanted
0: Yeah. He was like,
1: I- I want to, I don't want to be with her anymore. This isn't safe. So I had to stop working on him, which was like the hardest thing in the world. And he was like, what the hell lady? I was like, I it's, it's in your best interest. And so we, we bargained and we haggled and we went back and forth and she knew how I invested. I was and raised the rate of him to an insane number for a lame horse. Um, but I rallied and community rallied and really, really helped me. And we, um, we got the money for him and, and sort of the clincher was that she was closing the writing school and she was moving to New Mexico. And so we were on a timeline because. Oh, so she, he, oh,
0: so she owned the writing school as well as all the horse. Okay. I, that's was something that I didn't quite get
1: Yeah. So she was closing the writing school, moving to New Mexico, taking horses with her that she couldn't sell and starting a new writing school in New Mexico. And I knew that if he was trailered from I'm in Portland, Oregon, from Portland all the way to New Mexico, that he was going to blow his leg out. There was there was no way he could do it. So there was this time crunch of like it has to happen now. Otherwise he's going to be permanently lame and she is going to put him down because he won't be useful to Mm her. If he's in New Mexico, I can't, I can't save him. So community rallied, we got him. Um, it resulted in seven months of stall rest, um, bandage changes every other day, (laughs) dodging, getting kicked in the head because he hated having his bandage changed. Um, A lot of him processing emotion, learning that he was safe, learning that um, no one was going to hit him, no one was going to hurt him, no one was going to yell at him, um, no one was going to cross me and Mm -hmm. do any of that, even if they wanted to, that it was not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had every horse person imaginable telling me I was spoiling him I was going to ruin him this isn't the way you take care of horses he's going to get worse habits on and on and on and then all of a sudden ghost isn't biting anymore ghost isn't striking ghost doesn't kick I am completely comfortable with my son around him um he has fully healed um his scar is starting to grow hair which they told me there was no way it was going to happen um the scar tissue is literally disappearing so instead of having like a big knot like it's starting to go away all of the things that are that are impossible are happening um he's he's brave he's doing all of the things that he hated to do at the old lesson barn he'll go over poles for me he'll go outside for me um and, and he just talks to me and he, he's just this, he's just this amazing magical being. Um, when I'm in circle, when I'm doing my own magical work, I feel him and he, yeah. he checks in and asks me if I need help. And then usually asks me if I will bring him a chai latte
0: because. I love, I love that detail about him. Just like, <laughs> same buddy, same. We all love a chai latte.
1: Hi, man. It's just, yeah. So. That was one of the things that his former owner um, when talking to my friend, the instructor, she was like, well, what the hell is Danielle going to do with this horse if this horse is lame? And my friend was like, have you met her? She's going to stand in his stall with him and drink chai lattes and talk to him and somehow get answers. And they're going to live happily ever after. She doesn't care. Like she just she just wants this relationship. So that's ghost. He's very magical. Um, he informed me the other day that he's mildly offended that I don't include him more in my magic. What was I thinking? <laughs> um, we're working on. I'm trying to figure out figure out how to navigate that. Um, I'm learning that there are quite a few witches at the barn, um, and and everyone is like very covert about it because you know, that's a thing, but someone will say something or you'll see a tattoo or something. And, and we're starting to like,
0: catch I, see each other. I see you. I see you. So I grew up with horses, you know, cause I, I grew up in like really rural places, but it was from you know, in the, the culture and the time of the, you know, you, the horse breaking that really the cruelness to horses. And I will say, you know, but folks who've been listening for a while know that, you know, I, I grew up in a home with some violence. And one thing that I will say for my dad, I mean, he wasn't always, I mean, he was an alcoholic and he was abusive and sometimes that would extend and you know to animals as well. But in general with the horses, he was always, he wasn't like that. And it is makes such a difference where our horses were, they just were family members. I mean, we just, oh my gosh. And I do, I do remember the last horse that we had gotten before my dad passed away. Uh, we ended up having to, to get her. A, I mean, they all went to, to good homes, but uh, sweet Jane, she was a baby. She was a little, a little cold. And that was the first time that I had ever watched him train, train a baby from, from the get-go And it was, it was amazing watching the difference of like, just seeing a young horse that is treated with kindness and, and, you know, taught with kindness from the get-go. It makes such a huge difference. My, the horse that I grew up with was named Mr. B. He wasn't the brightest bulb in the box but he was, you know, we just, we, we hung out. I liked feeding him apples, just kind of hang out and just, you know, he had, he had some magpie buddies that would just like hang out on his back. And that was just his happy place. Just like zoning out. They all like to watch TV. They could see into our living room and the the TV would be on. And so that was the big thing is make sure all the curtains are, are drawn. So the horses can, can watch television with everybody.
1: <laughs> so Ghost loves knowing what's on my phone and watching my phone. Um, And my really dear friend, um, Kayla, who I met at the old barn, um, when Ghost was in his recovery and on stall rest, before I got him, and acting up and kicking things and, like, risking making things a thousand times worse, if it was one of her days working at the barn, she'd FaceTime Ghost and I and it would calm him down and people you know would hear her say it and they'd laugh or you know be like oh that's impossible and then they'd see it where she'd say okay we're going to FaceTime Danielle and he'd nicker and she'd bring the phone up to you know the bars of the stall and he'd press his nose against it and he'd nuzzle it and he'd just calm right down um and we'd FaceTime for like 15 20 minutes and be like okay i'm going to see you tomorrow or whatever it was um writing instructors sometimes would be like can you call Danielle because we got like you know this horse needs to calm down before we do the thing or whatever um yeah they they love screens it's really funny they and they love their picture being taken ghost is not the only one like horses absolutely crack me up if they know that they're being filmed um or pictures being taken they will absolutely pause and pose and posture and oh
0: cute
1: and some of them are even like, is that my, is that the right side? <laughs> They're,
0: just- <laughs> They're like, we have a lot of Leos and Libras. <laughs> is this my good angle? Is this my good angle? Well, and I, I have to laugh because you were saying that I'm, you know, I'm not really great with the tech, but you're figuring it out for ghost on Instagram. I,
1: yeah. I mean, I have to, like,
0: he knows that
1: he has, this like fan club of of people that have contributed, whether financially or energetically or you know in all the different ways to his his wellness. And um and he he feels a responsibility to provide content for them. Like it really cracks me up. I was like, do you mind being videoed? And sometimes he's like, ugh,
0: stop. not so much. And
1: other times he's like, is it for the people that love me? <laughs> Yes, yes, ghosts. I am one of those people,
0: so I will say anybody who's listening who loves who loves the loves the ponies, loves the horses. Uh, I will have a link to Ghost of Navigators Instagram yeah. in the in the show notes, so you can follow along. It's super fun. Can yeah. you stay? Can you stay a few extra minutes, or do you have a hard stop at eight oh, fifteen?
1: Yeah. Okay. Absolutely.
0: All right. Because we're gonna. I'm like, I want to keep talking. I have like a list, and I'm just like, I want to talk. So. I feel like this is going to be a natural, I keep like, let's take another left turn. But I feel like it's more just like a little bit of a curve because I feel like in all of this, you're really adept at talking with the spirits of whatever it is that you're working with or that you're wanting to be in like community with, whether that's nature, whether that's animals, whether that's, you know, elements, whatever. And one of my favorite things personally that I get to do sometimes is when there are expectant parents or people who are hoping to have babies and the op- the option of, of connecting with those babies sometimes when they are like not quite here and maybe not even like cooking and baking. And I'm so curious, you know, and again, it's kind of similar to when you were saying that clear cognizant moment of, I don't know how I do it. I just have done it enough times that I feel pretty comfortable with it. And so I want to hear more about how you sing in babies and, and yeah, just, I just want to, whatever you feel like sharing, what, however it comes out. I just love hearing, I love hearing people talk about how they can help the little ones come into the world.
1: Man, I love babies so much. I am just like, I'm in a constant state of baby fever. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Um, it really is. I'm just like, oh, every time I see, every
0: time I see little ones, I'm like, I could have 27 more. Um, I'm in the different spot. I love having just the one baby, but I love, I love being with like, I love being around kids. I love, and I love holding other people's babies. It's fun. That sounds creepy, but like.
1: <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I love holding other people's babies. I love being around them. I really enjoyed being pregnant. Mm.
0: So that's part
1: of it. hmm which is so silly because my pregnancy was just absolutely fucking miserable, (laughs) but I still loved it. Like, and I think it's because I can hear, I can hear so loudly. Um, I was in constant communication with my little cub and it was just delightful. Like it was just the most magical experience to be growing and supporting and nurturing this little being that constantly talked to me. Yeah. Like <laughs> nonstop, which still happens. Okay. Um. So, yeah, I just I just love them. And I love I love specifically the little ones that are wanting to come through right now. Like they are just so fabulous and so different and so um, ready to just blow the lid off of everything. They, yes. they will not be they will not be um labeled or put into any sort of binary um although I'm still pretty good at at figuring out the the biological sex of babies although I'm losing confidence in that because that that binary just isn't there for these new little ones Mm -hmm. Um, so when people well these are the parts and I have no idea how this child is going to identify as they get older. Yes. Um. The The easiest, I, I guess the easiest answer to how, like, what that is like for me is I sense them. And, and like you were saying, like, sometimes they're really close in and sometimes they're kind of farther out. And so there's this, like, there's this vibration, which is why I, I refer to it as singing in babies although so I don't actually sing um but there's this vibration that I I find a resonance with um and that is specific to the mother or the, or the woman that wants to become a mother and it literally like attracts because there's there's a resonance it's like sympathetic strings you get the yeah. one going and the other starts vibrating and and they just like start to harmonize and come together and so that's how I do how I do it that's kind of how I see it and sense it um when someone asks me you know specifically like for a session for it this is the interesting thing is that with anything that I do it's almost always instantaneous Mm -hmm. people really want time people want things to take time they want there to be steps they want it to be complicated they want it to be this big drawn out to do um and and i struggle with that from it from a like an integral place and an authenticity place where i'm like i mean i can work on you for an hour or we could be done in like 45 seconds and we could go do something different yeah. <laughs> um but people can't wrap their minds around that and so we sit there for the hour or whatever. So I have like a beautiful, elaborate ritual that I walk women through and guided meditation, and and it's lovely and it's beneficial. And many times it gives them an opportunity to sense the little yeah. one. Yeah. So there's some illusion. That's really, really beautiful. But the actual calling in is is more along the lines of. Hey, hi, are you excited? I'm so excited too. This person wants to be your mama. Are you down? Okay, let's go, boom. And then it's like a yes or a no, and then they're pregnant. I love that. Um, And I I love it. Um, I actually had a woman, a a friend of mine, um, come over the other day. She was like, can I stop by? And I was like, yes. And this is one of those clear cognizant moments where I was like, I'm going to brew tea. Hmm. No, not caffeine. And I just sort of started grabbing stuff and I wasn't even paying attention to what it was. And I had tea ready for her and she walked in and I was like her belly. And then I was like, I wonder, I didn't even have time to like
0: uh-huh. mentally
1: process all of it. I I wonder if the tea I grabbed, maybe her stomach is upset. Something's going on. There's bloating there. That's interesting. That's it. And she was like, I'm pregnant. Did you know? She's so funny. She's like, immediately, she's like, you probably already knew. It's like, had you given me like 27 more seconds? I would have gotten there. Pregnancy. Yeah. And I, cause I, she was like, well, what tea did you brew me? And I'm like, pregnancy tea. I brewed you, I brewed you pregnancy tea. Here you go. (laughs) I, I I just had it. It didn't get to the forefront of my mind yet. Um, That's cute. Love that. I'm the first person that that my community tells i love that um the premonitions that i get that with close community i can share obviously i would never you know with someone that i don't have rapport with be like hey you're going to get pregnant in the next 3 months like that's not appropriate
0: i have um, one I, do... I have oh sorry go ahead
1: oh i was just going to say i do have the community members where i can say those things to um i just got a message i think it was yesterday from a woman who um, she's pregnant right now. It's the second baby I've sang in for her specifically. Um, And she just messaged me and she was just like, it's a boy. You're right. Dot, dot, dot. I mean, I knew you were right. Dot, dot, dot. I mean, anyways, I just wanted to let you know that I officially
0: know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. So I have one former coworker who she's she's, she does, she, she, I think she's probably going to be coming around to like her own maybe magical, magical workings, but she has the damn uncanny. I mean, she, same thing. She can look at somebody and just be like, they're pregnant first trimester or, you know, I mean, just boom at she's still learning the, the filter though, of sometimes you don't like just ask the, ask the thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um one of my favorite stories is this woman I met at a tarot, like I was like reading tarot at a at a party I'd been hired to read and and you know what that's like. Half the people are intoxicated. Right. And so this woman was just like, you know, I started dating this guy and I think that it's going to be really good. And, you know, and we're, I think we're going to get married and like timelines. What do you see? And I was like, well, there's going to be a delay in the marriage because of a pregnancy. And she was like, nope, absolutely not. Like, cut me off before I could finish saying anything. And I was like, okay, she's not happy with me. That's cool. So then, however many months later, I get this email from her. I want to apologize. (laughs) and I was like okay he's like about about what and she's like well um my wedding was delayed because my maid of honor is pregnant and I didn't give you time to tell me that it wasn't me before I completely shut you down um but the wedding was absolutely delayed because of a pregnancy um and so now that I am married I was just wondering when am I gonna have a baby so we had this talk and and we pinpointed that and I gave her a little nudge to kind of make that happen. Um, and then I saw her last December at another party that she um, she would recommended me to a friend. And so she was at it and she came downstairs and I was like, I <laughs> shut, Danielle, I don't know if she knows that she's not far along at all. And she sat down, and she was like, "I just found out I'm pregnant two days ago." And then she looked at me, and she's like, "You knew, you knew, <laughs>
0: yeah. you knew." Yes. I always, uh, I always love it when you have those shares on when you're yeah, when you always have the permission and all the things. But I, I those are always really like enjoyable like Facebook moments when it's like, "Oh, I love the I love the baby success moments." But uh, You yeah. messaged
1: me last last week the same woman from last December and she was like I just want you to know I had my little boy you're right it was a boy and um and you're right he was early but he's totally okay just like you said and I just wanted you to know and by the way can you do another party in December
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes all the things and this is how I stay busy
1: this is how I stay busy. And this is, and this is back to that. Like, how do you market? I don't, I just share stories because I think stories are fun to share when there's permission. Um, and, uh, and then people tell people because they have, um, a meaningful experience and they want people that are important to them to have meaningful experiences too. Yeah. And I think that's the great.
0: So yeah. (sighs) it's so good. We could be here all night. This happens every single time where I'm just like, we could be here for three hours, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that to you and your, your, your lovely family. So there's two things I'd like to close out with. One, because tis the season and because you are, so damn good at giving guidance for newer witches and also too, like witches who are a little bit more. I mean, I think even like seasoned folks, I mean, I still always, I mean, I, I can't tell you how frequently I will go back to some of the teachings that, that I had with you, you know, it's been, I don't even remember how long ago it's been, but, um, but I'm wondering if you might, because we are approaching Samhain, I am wondering if you have any, tips particularly for some of the newer practitioners that are listening who are wanting to get in the season in that way and then we're going to close out with some of the ways that folks can learn with you because you've got some juicy juicy stuff that's coming up but let's let's maybe close out with some tips so people can get a little taste of what what your kind of your guidance looks like
1: yeah um like you mentioned we are moving closer towards solend so Um is um also known as Halloween. And it is it's a time where we honor um our ancestors. And there is there's the saying or or the terminology that the veil is thinner this time of year. Um and then and then some like historian type witches will say there's no references of veils in Celtic or or Gaelic or Scottish blah, blah 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 which is true but what we're talking about is this notion that energetically for whatever reason and maybe it's an egregore collective consciousness type thing that we are able to connect with and commune with those that are departed more easily and more readily this time of year. And the counterpoint to that which is Beltane which is May 1st tends to be a time where again things are thinner but on the on the entry level. So Beltane gets to be about fertility, about calling the babies in, bringing the babies in. And then Samhain ends up being about the release, the dying, um, the letting go of, and then the communing with those that have already departed and, and exited. And so I think one of the most beautiful ways that a newer practitioner or a more seasoned practitioner that is wanting to kind of get back to their roots and sort of simplify things because we can get carried away with the things and the stuff and complicating things is to, um, to light a candle for your ancestors, um, to have some type of space during this time of year through, I don't know, November 15th or so, that's, that's when um, technically Samhain would be, would have been celebrated um, in the areas that are Ireland now. Um, so kind of between now and then set up a space where you have imagery, if you have imagery of um, loved ones that have passed. Um, I'm hearing people's questions. I love it when that happens, preemptive (laughs) people's. What if I don't have photos of my ancestors or I don't know my answers because I'm adopted or I'm this or I'm that or I'm whatever? Um, It's okay. It doesn't have to be blood relatives. It can be people that are close to you, um, that were meaningful to you, that have passed over. It can be a representation of your lineage, which can be blood lineage, meaning like, I know my family heralded from this particular land, or it can be cultural lineage. Um, My family heralded from this land, but we were raised in this country in this culture. And that's all I know. Um, Something that honors your roots something that represents your roots and that is so personal it doesn't have to look like what you see on Pinterest it just has to make you go yeah this makes me feel connected in a positive way to my past Um, I don't recommend putting imagery or symbolism of ancestors or lineage that that you find hurtful or traumatic or Disconnected with. If you had a terrible relationship with your father and he passed away, you don't need to put him on your ancestor altar. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's not disrespectful. It's actually, from my stance, more disrespectful to pretend and posture that there is respect and reverence and, and, and whatever it is and that everything's been brushed under the rug when the healing hasn't taken place yet, uh-huh. then, say, Hey, this just isn't the time that I'm going to do this work with you right now. Um, and then once that is up, you know, a simple candle is enough. It really is. We love to talk about offerings and, you know, do we offer smoke? Do we offer tobacco? Do we offer alcohol? Do we offer this? Do we offer that? And the answer is yes, you can. Absolutely. And you don't have to. If you feel compelled, you feel like this is the most amazing thing. um, This would delight so-and-so's heart. Um, then absolutely you can do it, but it's not necessary. A really simple candle and sitting and just taking a moment to full body feel gratitude and appreciation is powerful ritual. And I would love, 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 love to see this new generation of witches Um Returning to simplicity and basics and less consumerism and curation um, and not getting caught up in the headspace that simple means surface because simple can actually be very, very deep and can give give you all of the things that you're looking for so that's what I would do. That's what I would suggest for Samhain. That's what I suggest to my students. That's what I do at Sowen. I don't do a big old thing. I mean, I do, well, I'm sure you do as well, Sterling, like tis the season where everybody wants you to talk to their great aunt Clara. Um, so I will be doing a lot of that, but when it comes to my own work um, and my own ancestors, um, I'm just going to light up, you know, a candle for my parents and for my grandparents and, Everyone else that's passed, and just sit and just be like, "Hi, I love you guys, and thank you. i i I read today, and I don't remember who wrote it. I'm bad at that. Um, our physical body, we are the altar, yeah. And if we really want to honor our ancestors, really want to honor our ancestors, we are the altar how are we treating our body that they efforted so much to get here especially if you come from a lineage where there has been oppression or trauma or um any type of violence done on you know the peoples of your past like what better way to honor your ancestors than to love and cherish and respect your body and and, and be proud of it and, and be integral with it. So I think that's, that was really, really beautiful. And I've kind of been sitting with that all day of like, what would my, you know, what would delight my Nona that I can, you know, that I can do and cook beautiful we,
0: food. Ugh, and, and when we, when we from. thrive, they delight, you know, <laughs> and yeah, it's our continued, you know, ugh, yeah, I, you're, you're singing things that I just love. But yeah, <laughs> Nona, Nona would probably like to cook cook a delicious meal, enjoy it thoroughly, share a little if you feel like it, but you don't have to. I always joke with sometimes like in our house, there's some years like, you know, family comes and you pull out the fine china and you, you know, you, you all of the, the nice linens and all the things. And then sometimes family comes And the best that you can do is just maybe get some stale popcorn out and, but you, but you can still have these meaningful moments when it's just that you're grateful to be with those that you love and that love you back. And so it doesn't even really matter like what you do. And there's those ancestors too, that you don't know them. You're never going to, they're so far back. You would never know their names, but who's to say that they don't delight every time they see that you are every, every time they see you win. And it's, it's. So good. So good. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So everyone, I know that there's at least a few of you that are like, who is this Danielle person? Where, where is this? Where can I find this? What, what is this ripple and knot thing in this lapis moon mystery school? What is this? What's coming up here? So why don't we talk a little bit about cauldron yeah, and, and descent and the mystery school?
1: yeah oh okay so um can we start with the mystery school
0: let's do it
1: okay so lapis moon mystery school is a a year-long enrichment it is um it is a journey sterling did this work with me many years ago um And so it's a year long commitment for women who are wanting to dedicate themselves for a year, a year and a day is very traditional neo-pagan timeline stuff, um, to magical, practical studies and work. So it's It's remotely done. Um, We meet on Zoom. Um, once a month for classes I I teach and lecture for uh, about 90 minutes sometimes it's an hour sometimes I really get on it and it's two hours long you get a 90 minute course um, every month and it's for it's for 12 and a half months so it's 13 moons Um, you also receive A dark moon ritual every month and we get together on zoom for that. That one is not recorded. Classes are recorded so that you have that to reference. If you miss a class, if you can't come to class one day, you can still get the recording, get all the information. Um, Dark moon rituals are, we are journeying into the cave and doing work in the cave um, in the dark moon. And so sometimes there's a little confusion when I say that. The dark moon is the is the night before the new moon. It's the night before the new lunar month or the lunar cycle begins. And so at new moons, when we're planting seeds, full moons, when we're celebrating the growth that is occurring from our seed planting. Dark moon is when we're releasing. And if you're thinking about the actual moon, um, she is in a constant state of reflection. She's always reflecting back, she's reflecting back, she's reflecting back, she's reflecting back, except on the dark moon. The night before the new moon, she is in darkness and she is utterly and only herself. So we don't reflect on the dark moon. We introspect. We go inward and we do our own work without any concern or, or input from the external. It's just internal work. So we get to do that together, separately together, <laughs> every dark moon. And then every full moon, we casually get together. It's also not recorded. We drink tea on Zoom. Um, We celebrate each other's wins. We uplift each other. Uh, We laugh. We joke. um, And we have community time together. So those are the three main points that cycle through every month. Um, And then we also, you have one-on-one coaching and check-ins with me every month. And those are about 45 minutes long and that is an amazing opportunity to receive really deep personalized mentorship. Um, I am supporting you and guiding you through whatever studies and work that we're doing for that month. Um, if it's challenging, if you're having aha moments, if you're stuck, if you don't even know how to kick it into gear, all of these things happen. Um, this is where I really hold your hand and really guide you through the work that we're doing. And the work is seasonally placed. Um, it's influenced by the wheel of the year, the eight sabbats. Um, and it's, it's very energetically in tune with what's going on. And one of the things that's wonderful and sometimes a bit intimidating for women in Lapis Moon is, um, the and you can attest to this. I'm I'm pretty sure the work is not theoretical. Whatever no. gets brought up at once, work becomes a lived experience. Mm-hmm. So this is you know there is there's reading that happens. There's an academic side to this. You are learning things, Um, but this is not at arm's length. You are completely immersed in the work and the work is immersed in you and whatever we are talking about, whether we're talking about how to manifest or we're talking about how to release things, or we're talking about banishings or we're talking, whatever it is we're talking about, a guarantee that it will show up for you during that month in a practical way where the rubber meets the road. Mm -hmm. And sometimes really dessert, like disconcerting, um, for students where they're like, Oh, wait a minute. We, I thought we were just talking about this. No, you're living this.
0: So I'm going to give you two examples that I don't think you've ever heard (laughs) of like, Oh my God. So I don't, the first one is I was telling my mentor, Johannes about how, um, I was like, yeah, it's like, I'm going to be interviewing my, my, my first magical teacher. And we used to do these rituals on conference call. And he was like, conference call. I was like, we didn't have Zoom back then. And I was, (laughs) I used to get really, (laughs) Yeah, and yeah, this conference calls totally, totally worked. But I remember there was one where there was something that we had to do in the morning. And I got up and I went out to go finish whatever it was that we had to do. And I'm sitting out, you know, it's really early. It's kind of chilly outside. And I just am sitting there and I do the work and I'm like, huh, I feel like something that did something. And I look over and my kid had been playing with this little yogurt container, like, you know, scooping sand or something, and it's laying on its side. And all of a sudden, it just starts rocking back and forth on its own. There's no wind. There's nothing like that. And I, I, I don't really remember. I just remember it being like, that is very, very obvious. I don't quite know how to interpret that, but okay. But the second one was we had done one that for my, me personally, content warning folks, I am going to talk a little bit about uh pregnancy loss, but not in, and not in any like major, you know, major in depth. So take care of yourself if you don't want to hear this, but, um, we had done some project where I like was processing like losing losing a pregnancy. And I remember whatever our homework was, I went and buried it with some rose bushes. And there were four rose bushes. And one of them had never bloomed. One of them had never even like, it was dead. And I just was too lazy to like to un you know dig it up and whatever. I remember planting it there. And I um I don't think I even had my son yet. I think maybe I was still pregnant with him. And then really? I remember it was Hugh. It was the spring or it was, yeah, it was maybe a few months after he was born and I was outside and it's really, really early again. And I look over and somehow I hadn't noticed that this thing was not only having, it it was just covered in green leaves and also like blooms. And it was that same one where I had planted this, like this intention and was releasing this really painful experience. And the next thing I know, this rose bush is just like going nuts. And it was the most prolific bloomer until we ended up leaving that house. So yeah, folks, things will happen. Sometimes you'll know what they mean and what they are. And sometimes you will not like a little rocking yogurt container that might've just been somebody saying, Hey, but anyway, thank you for, (laughs) thank you for indulging me in that memory.
1: Oh, no, I love it. Well, and and that's the thing. It's like, I I sort of feel like I always have to have the caveat when people work with me, whether it's taking, you know, coursework, or workshops, or even just, you know, one offs that it's not for the faint of heart. No, um, you know, it's, it's not for entertainment purposes only. Um, shit gets real, real fast. When people work with me um, and that's not necessarily like, it's not scary. It's not bad, but it's, it's very authentic and it's very real and it's very vulnerable. And I view all of those things as strengths. Um, and so if, if you have weariness around that, um, I am probably not the person to work with and that's totally okay.
0: And that's okay. Um, or
1: if you have hesitation, but you want to push and move through it. I could absolutely be an amazing catalyst for you for that. Um, but yeah, when people say like, oh, weird shit started happening. My answer is always, yeah, I told you that that was good. I I, I told you that was going to happen. Um, and yet, and yet every student is, is still surprised
0: every time. <laughs> it's, it a it's a true story. It's a true story. So that is Lapis um, Moon Mystery School. So that's going to be coming up TBD, right? That's like kind of as you're still gathering the, the the dates and the stuff, right?
1: Yeah, um, nine of the current students are going to continue on into the next level. Um, majority of them are going to be initiated as priestesses this winter solstice, a few of them will be initiated a little bit later in 2024. Um, so the new dedicates that come in are going to have this level two tier of, um, of priestesses that they will be in community with in some teachings with there's a little bit of separation there. Um, but also in mentorship roles supporting. Um, so very, very community oriented. And so what i'm looking for is when i get the interest of the chunk of new women coming in we'll set the date then but it will be it will be in winter time for sure maybe early 2024 but it will it will definitely be this winter that that starts up so if um if someone is listening and is wanting information about that you can absolutely reach out to me and i am very very kind but straightforward about this is good work for you right now or this isn't the right time for you Mm -hmm. for for what um I am really really straightforward about that so yes that's lapis moon mystery school I'm very excited for um another year another year of it new ladies coming in
0: it's going to be really good stuff do you want to talk about either cauldron or descent or are those kind of a little
1: yeah, no, let's talk about Cauldron. So Cauldron is a workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, Cauldron is actually starting this Saturday. So if there are people that are like, I know it's last minute, but I want to do the thing Saturday. <laughs> um, I think you're going to be posting this in
0: time. For I think that. I'm going to get this out. I'm going to get this out on Friday before I'll get this out on Friday. Perfect. So when y'all are hearing
1: this on Friday, we will be starting the next day, Saturday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific time. Um, And we're going to be working from that full moon or excuse me, new moon eclipse through to the full moon. So from the 14th to the 28th, which I think is is 15 days. Um, And what we're going to be doing is we are going to be immersing ourselves in Caridwin's Cauldron. Of alchemization and transformation and what we're going to be doing is bringing to the cauldron which is the container or the vessel um in circle so the circle is going to become the vessel every day we're going to be joining together raising energy and bringing our prayers through very structured ritual um the the pieces of ourself that we are needing assistance in alchemizing and transforming. It's the stuck stuff. It's the, I've gone to therapy. I've done the work. I've investigated. I've moved my body. I've done all the things. And yet this thing is still stuck. And I don't know if it's my natal chart. I don't know if it's the stars. I don't know if it's Um, epigenetic, if it's a past life thing, but whatever it is, this thing is stuck. So that's what we're bringing to the cauldron to transform so that we are in this just amazing pressure cooker during the eclipse portal window between those two and creating massive transformation. And cauldron is interesting. Um, This is the second time I've offered it, slightly different format than last time. But the notion is that Cauldron will transform you for the remainder of of this lifetime, for the remainder of this incarnation. It's not a flip of a switch. It's not a quick fix, although I am certain that you will experience radical shifts pretty quickly. But the notion is that you are creating so much change and momentum that it will carry you through the rest of your life and consistently unfold last time i offered cauldron was 2 years ago um the women that that did cauldron i did it as one on ones last year and this year i want to do it as a group container i think it's going to be it's going to be juicier um all of the women that that did cauldron 2 years ago have told me that even now 2 years later they are still seeing benefits and new layers of benefits coming up like it's just like season after season crop after crop like the ground is just so fertile that it's carrying through and they don't see any like losing of steam or losing of momentum so cauldron is really powerful cauldron is going to be deep work um cauldron is going to bring up people's stuff big time so we're definitely going to be in a very very safe container but that is going to be absolutely wonderful if there's someone that is like I really want to do this I want to jump in last minute um as of right now I have two spots that remain um in so there is there should be space for that um so that's cauldron and then the last uh big offering that I'm gonna have in 2023 is Descend. And Descend is going to be an underworld shadow work journey. Um, We're going to start at the winter solstice. We're going to go through for seven weeks to Imbolg, which is February 1st. So from the longest, darkest night to the point in the turning of the wheel where we really notice that the light has indeed returned and when we intentionally call the light back in, um, we're going to be working in that window. And each week, this will be a little bit more self-guided. Um, at the beginning of the week, you'll receive a topic that will be the theme for the week. Um, we are going to be working with the goddesses Inanna and irshkiegel. And we're going to be removing the layers with Inanna as we pass through the seven gates, one gate each week. We're going to be working a little bit with the chakra system so that you're staying in your body and you're not floating off into the ethers with this (laughs) stuff. Being grounded is really, really important. Um, And so you'll get a theme at the beginning of each week. And then each day, roughly each day, there'll be occasional breaks because time for processing. And integrating Um, but you'll be getting journal prompts art prompts um, meditations to do on your own you occasionally may get movement invitations as well of like this would be a good way to move your body to help work with this energy or integrate this energy or flush this energy so you're going to get those throughout the week that support the theme and then again at the at the next week We're going to go one layer deeper and one layer deeper and one layer deeper. And then at the very end on Imbolg, there'll be a final ritual that brings you back up into the light and invite the light into into your home and into your space and into your body. Um, So it's going to be powerful. When I do shadow work, I am not about destroying shadow, eradicating shadow, turning shadow into light, any of that. I'm about honoring shadow recognizing shadow listening to the wisdom that shadow holds mm-hmm. and integrating where it's needed um so it's a little bit of a different approach than kind of some of the stuff that's floating around out there um but yeah descend is gonna be is gonna be so good and i'm just mm. so so excited about it i think uh, it's gonna be yeah. absolutely fabulous way to close out 2023 and bring in the new year. Um, And I do want to say, because I get this question a lot, which is, can I do multiple things? Like if I'm in Lapis Moon, can I do Cauldron? If I'm in Lapis Moon, can I do Descend? Is it going to conflict? Is it going to be too much? Is it going to, whatever. None of my work ever conflicts with any of my other work. Um, my work builds on itself. There are many times because I do teach seasonally that the same themes are gonna crop up in different workshops or courses or classes, but I'm coming at it from different angles. Yep. And so if you like to go deep and you like to really explore topics, it is only gonna benefit you because you're gonna be like, oh wow, I never thought of it from this perspective. Oh, I've never looked at it from this angle. And I see how these complement and support each other. Um, And as far as, you know, is there enough time to do the thing? um, It kind of goes back to, you know, like you have time and energy for everything that's important to you. Mm -hmm. Um, Firmly believe that your spiritual practices and work must be your priority Mm -hmm. above all. And when you prioritize that, then family is absolutely okay. and career is always okay. and relationships are always okay, and the pets are okay and the kids are okay. But when you when you take that down off of that top rung, that's when things fall apart. Um, and aside from lapis moon, where there is there is assignments in that, um, there will not be really assignments or much in either Cauldron or or Descent. Descent is going to be just a lot of journaling and a lot of sort of quiet time um, and again that
0: introspective time. Um, yeah but again it, and also if you work the, the work if you work the work starts working I'm just saying if you, if you put in the effort you see that you see the rewards got to get out of the so anyway sorry that was that was former student saying It's okay if there's, there's work, it's work, work worth doing. You can make it happen. And you know, we, we always
1: wait for motivation, but motivation comes after you've taken action. Yeah. Motivation. after you've started doing the thing that you don't really want to do for whatever reason. And you've started to see results Uh when you've done enough results, then you're motivated to continue. So if I could just like, if I could just scratch the word motivation from from my students' minds or my or my potential students' minds, I feel like you would get so much further. And if instead of motivated, if you can ask yourself, am I devoted enough to my practice and myself and my growth to show up? Nine times out of 10, the answer is yes, I am devoted enough to my growth and my practice and
0: myself. Yeah. And devotion is a beautiful thing. And at at a certain point, it doesn't, even though I keep saying it's work at a certain point, it doesn't. I mean, there's some days that maybe it feels like a little bit more work, but it doesn't feel like work. It starts to feel like second nature at a certain point. And that's when it gets really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just gonna say it's it's devotion, it's love, it's love for yourself and love for your practice and love for whomever you're dedicating your practice to, whether that's another human or it's it's a being or a deity or whatever. And when we're moving from that place of service, it's not work; it's joyous, even mm. when it's sorrowful. It's joyous, even when it's scary, it's joyous. Yeah. Um. And that transformation happens, and and I just love it. I love, I love, I love, love, love seeing women utterly transform themselves because they dedicated themselves to doing the work. Mm. I up and point you in the right direction and cheerlead the hell out of you like that's that's my job I can't do the work for you but I can absolutely I can
0: I can get you there oh that is perfect that is perfect and I just everyone you will have all the information for how you can work with this wonderful woman and I clearly I am a have given many testimonials through our evening tonight, but you'll have all the information in the show notes. Thank you so much, Danielle. It's been so nice to reconnect, nice to reconnect with you. And I'm just so, I just love everything that you do and everything that you are. And I'm just so grateful for everything you taught me and for you sharing your, sharing your wisdom with us today.
1: My absolute pleasure. It's so sweet of you. I was so, I was just very, um, honored and humbled when you reached out and asked if if i would come and and just spend some time with you in this capacity and um and very appreciative of this opportunity and i have loved watching your journey and watching you grow and finding your voice and and your niche and you know like you were talking about like some witches really specialize and then i'm over here and i'm like i do things um which is against all of the grain of like you're supposed to specialize and you're supposed to have a niche market yeah, and i'm like supposed, I do supposed supposed
0: to I, yeah. yeah
1: so gross um but just dang it's amazing watching you i'm so i'm so impressed consistently by the quality and caliber of work that you bring to your communities and to the community at large um and your humor and <laughs> and your wit and you know i feel like we need more of that in in this community we need more playfulness um and a little bit it's like this work is so serious on its own that we don't need to be stuffy and serious on top of it like there's definitely humor to be had um and and you just bring it and it's so great
0: and so I love, um, I'm like hiding, I'm hiding (laughs) behind my hands over here. (laughs) Thank you. Um,
1: but I really view you as a contemporary. Um, I, uh, I regularly recommend your book to people and, and you to people and as a resource, um, and as a practitioner and just as as an all-around amazing human being i think you're fabulous and i love 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 when my students reach a point um where they take off and they just fly and you know it's never supposed to be like study with me forever although i have some students <laughs> who <laughs> who are just who are with me constantly which i absolutely love um but there's so much growth and when students exceed me and, and what I'm doing, I just, I take it as a huge compliment. So I love seeing you prosper and flourish and you deserve, you deserve all of it and more.
0: Thanks. It was really, that was really sweet. And yeah, thanks. Shucks. I'm like bright red over here, but <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you again, Danielle, and everyone go find this one wonderful woman and work with her. And thank you again for sharing some time with me. Thanks for listening to A Magical World. Let's keep in touch. The best way to keep up with me is by visiting my website, sterlingmoontarot.com. That's where you can book appointments, sign up for my classes, and get on my email list. If you'd like to support the podcast, join the Curiosity Coven at patreon.com backslash Sterling Moon. I'm also pretty active on the socials. You can find me on Instagram, Threads, and YouTube at the underscore Sterling underscore Moon, on Facebook at Sterling Moon Tarot, and on TikTok at Mediumship Mom. Until next time, I wish you well in finding ways to make the world a more magical place to be.